Welcome to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. I'm glad you joined me today. This is the place where we discuss relevant topics to help you stand up and stand strong to overcome. And in this podcast, it is barely scripted, raw, real, and it's also a lot of fun. Also, you can find me at ValerieSilvera.com where I have many more resources to help you become a warrior in hope. Hello there, friends and fellow warriors. Have you ever been consumed with grief? And in fact, thought you were supposed to be stuck in grief because this relationship meant so much to you, probably still does mean so much to you. I get that. I completely understand that. I remember thinking many times, repeatedly, especially my kids were really young and I would hear about something happening to somebody's child, whether it was someone I knew or didn't know, just the thought of something happening to one of my kids made me physically ill. I remember I used to have a repeating dream that my son, Sean, was drowning and I couldn't get to him. And there were all these different scenarios. It was, you know, I was on a cruise ship. It was uh, a pool, the different things. And I, I couldn't, you know how in your dreams you can't get there? You try to run and your feet don't go and, and all that. And I don't know why I would dream about that because he knew how to swim. We lived in the Seattle area. It wasn't like there were a lot of pools around. But it was just that that fear. that, And I would wake up. My dreams are so real. And I would wake up just shaking almost. Oh my gosh, just the thought of it. And I would even say, if anything ever happened to one of my kids, I would be done. I'd be rolled up in a ball and it would be over. And I believed that to my core. And you know what's interesting? I wonder if Jamie had died under different circumstances and we didn't have the 15 years of addiction before and she just suddenly died. I wonder if I would have been able to be as well as I am now because I was sort of forced to stand up and fight and to become stronger. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I do know this. We need to honor our loved ones with our lives, not so much about their death. The best way we can honor them is with our lives. We make meaning from the madness. We find purpose. We take the mess and turn it into a message. We disrupt the trauma because that's traumatic when we lose someone we love. We disrupt the trauma and we use it for good because everything can be used for good. And I don't think staying stuck in grief is the best way to honor our loved ones. And I'm not saying that grief will ever end in some cases, in many cases. I know for a fact I will always be sad about my grandparents. And over time, it's less sad, but I will just have those moments where a smell, a memory, a thought, a sound, just something will remind me of my Nana or my grandpa, and it will just make me sad. Make me wish I'd spent more time. In fact, oh my gosh, I just thought of another repeating dream that I've had about my grandpa. That my either either it's my grandparents or just my grandpa. And in these repeating dreams, they live in some kind of a, 
of a house that I don't really know because I haven't been there and I haven't been there in years. And I realized, what am, what am I doing? Why haven't I visited my grandpa in years? How could I have done this? I wonder if he's okay. It's such a weird, panicky dream. I still think about them a lot. My stepdad, who really became my dad, my father figure, I still feel sad about him. And other people that I've lost, especially my daughter, Jamie. And so I think that with all of them, I'm not going to get to a point where I'm never going to grieve them. So that's not what I'm suggesting here. When I tell you to not be stuck in grief, I'm not saying that you won't ever have grief, but it's different. It's one thing to have grief, allow it to come, allow that hole in your heart to have attention. And then the difference between that and crawling inside of that hole. You know what I'm talking about. Some of us have been there. Some of us have watched other people do that. The best thing we can do to honor our loved ones is to use that pain, use that grief. Let it propel you. Let it be jet fuel so that you can go out and make something even more of your life. Do something that if, if they could peek through the clouds, if they could part heaven and look down and you knew they were looking down and you knew they would be saying, great job, mom. Great job, daughter. Way to go, son, brother, whatever it is, cheering you on. Knowing that because they were a part of your life, and you're out doing something with yours, they're a part of that. They're a part of that message, that message of hope, of courage, of strength, of purpose. I know what it's like to live with a hole in your heart. The day my daughter was murdered in August 2016, I had a hole blown in my heart. It's as if there's a physical hole and sometimes it aches. It literally aches, not figuratively. My heart actually does ache for my daughter. But I just won't crawl inside that hole. Me and the hole, we have an agreement. I'm not going to do that. I think sometimes we almost feel, there's a part of us that feels as if, if we are consumed with grief, we're somehow proving our love. It's almost like, how could you not be consumed with grief? It's a child. It's a husband. It's a sister. Whatever the relationship is, how could you not be consumed with grief? What would, you know, anybody expect? Of course, they'd expect you to be consumed in grief. How could I be, you know, skipping down the road, happy and joyful when I've lost this person? What kind of a person would do that? The person who's honoring them with their life does that. So you get what I'm saying? You can have your times. It happened to me yesterday. Just yesterday. I was literally just sitting around doing not much, watching reruns of covert affairs 
and it had nothing to do with anything. And just for some reason, I started to feel a little bit nostalgic. I started to think about the past as I was watching sort of the end of this old series and and showing the progression of some of their lives. And I just had one of those, those moments where I was thinking about, wow, here I am 60 years old and just the progression of my life and looking at it from a big picture of 60 years and just for some reason having those moments. And out of the blue, my niece Shawnee sent me a picture. Somebody had just sent her some pictures, some actual photographs. Remember those? We used to actually have those. We'd take them to the pharmacy and have our negatives turned into photographs. You know what's really funny about that? Side note, remember, if you're old enough to remember doing that, we would have to wait you know, a week or two, however long it took to get this roll of film developed, only to find out that there were no good pictures on the roll and we can't go back. How lucky are we now that we can just take pictures? Anyway, so she sent me a picture of a picture and she texted it to me and it was of, of her and Jamie. And when they were, well, they, they were both missing teeth. So what would that have been about seven years old, maybe? And just, they were both, somebody had taken this photograph from behind them and they both were turning around looking and they're just sweet little faces. And I can see pictures like that of Jamie and not cry. I don't cry every time I see pictures of Jamie. Well, I have them around my house, so I'd be crying all the time if that were the case. But for some reason, because I was in that space, remember I told you I was in that kind of space of, of reflection. And then I got the picture. And it made me sad. It made me really sad. And I cried. And you know what? Even if my niece had known that I was sitting there crying and had said to me, oh, I'm sorry, Aunt Val, I shouldn't have sent you that picture. I would have said, no, never think that way. If sending a picture or talking about Jamie or having that memory causes me to grieve, it's okay. I need to grieve. I want to grieve sometimes. I just don't want to grieve all the time. When I picture Jamie in heaven and I picture her talking with her other angel friends and they're looking down at me. I want her to say, oh my gosh, my mom's a goofball. Look at her. She was so funny. My mom is so funny. Why did I say was? My mom is so funny. Check her out. Look what my mom's doing with her message. Look how my mom's helping other people. Look what she's doing out of all the pain that my, part of my life caused. She's doing good. Go mom. I don't want Jamie peering down through those clouds. And, and, and feeling sadness. I'm hoping you don't feel sadness in heaven, but go with me on this story. You know, I don't want her to look down and go, oh my gosh, my mom's never been able to move through the grief. When you hear me talk about overcoming grief, you must understand that overcoming means you that it no longer has control over you. It no longer runs the show. Whether it's grief, shame, guilt, fear, sadness, whatever it is, overcoming means you run the show. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, those grief feelings came yesterday. I could have stuffed them down if I wanted to, but I'm in control. The hole in my heart doesn't get to decide. I decide. And so I decided I was going to cry for a little bit. And that's okay. This is how I stay healthy. This is how I overcome grief. I don't ignore it, pretend it's not happening, try to get over Jamie. I don't want to get over her. I want to sometimes let it out. 
Let those beautiful emotions of sadness and grief come out. I never thought, my friends, that I would hear myself saying these things. Wow, I literally had a moment after I said that where I thought, wow, that's my voice. Never imagined I could go through what I have, what I am, and get here. But so can you. Honor them with your life. Oh my gosh, I just thought of this too. When I said I heard my voice. I'm going to bet you a million bucks. Yeah, a million bucks. I'm going to bet you that when you first started hearing your own voice on a recorder or video or anything, you didn't like the sound of your own voice, right? Or you thought it sounded weird. Do you remember that? I can remember any time I would hear my own voice, I would think, what? That doesn't sound like me. When I speak and I hear that in my ears, it doesn't sound the same as when I hear it on a recording. Isn't that weird? But we all experience this. And so the other day, I'm, well, I'm going to give a shout out to Trish. Trish, you know who you are. I want to give a shout out to her because she's in my Warriors and Hope group and we were having a video conference together, something that we do once a month, and she shared something. And she said afterward, oh my gosh, when I listened to that, I was so afraid to hear my own voice because I don't like the sound of my own voice. And when I get nervous, I talk fast. And, you know, she was saying all of these things about how worried she was. And then she said, oh, I didn't sound that bad. But isn't that funny how we don't like the sound of our own voice? But she also went on to say, God bless her. She has been going back and listening to my podcast from, I mean, moving through from the last you know four years or something, which is so special and sweet for me to hear. But she said, I love the sound of your voice, Valerie. I could listen to you all day. And I thought, wow, how weird is that to think that I was one of those people going, ooh, my voice, not so great. She said, it's so soothing. And I thought, wow, how interesting. I do tend to talk fast. You know, I have a lot of emotion to my voice. And And I certainly haven't had any voice coaching or anything special like that. So thank you, Trish. God bless you for saying that because that really encourages me. And it, and it really reminds all of us that your voice is special too. You have a Trish out there, probably a lot of them who think there's something soothing about your voice, your story, your message, but you're not going to get to that point. If you're going to stay in constant grief, I really don't believe that being consumed by grief proves we love someone anymore. It's not something that says, okay, the amount I grieve, the more sad I am, just proves, even if it's to myself or to my loved one, how much I love them. I don't think it works that way. Go ahead and grieve when you need to, but honor them with your life. It's wonderful to honor people in their death. I do that with Jamie all the time. You will see posts from me and messages about that on her birthday or on the day she got her angel wings or just in general. I will honor her. We honored my daughter in her death when we let all of these butterflies go, when we had balloons let go. We did different things to honor her. We all do that when somebody we love is gone. We do a eulogy. We talk about them. We honor them in their death. That's wonderful. We should keep doing that. But what's even more important 
is to honor them with your life. If you want to talk about any of these things more thoroughly, I have a group called Trauma Disruptors, and you probably heard on, on past podcasts that we had that group in our private membership space, but we have moved it over to a private Facebook group, and I'd love to see you there and chat about things more. So join me in my Facebook group, Trauma Disruptors, and until the next time, remember, whatever you're walking through, no matter how big that hole in your heart is, you are not alone, because I'm standing right there with you. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will subscribe and come back and join this podcast often. Also, you can find me at ValerieSilvera.com where I have many more resources to help you become a warrior in hope.